Listener supported. WNYC Studios. So many white guys. So many. So many white guys. So white. How much whiteness? All over the place. God damn. That was really good. Is this staying alive? <laughs> was that ABBA? <laughs> Did you ever have a thing for John Travolta? Yes. Really? Yeah. Some people are like, oh, I like him thin. I, I liked him a little, a little with some LBs on him. Mm. A little, uh, what did I like? Like, Remember that movie Michael where he plays like kind of like the a... angel? Yeah, like a heavier set angel. I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm not that kind of angel. What kind of angel? You like are that you? slick back, long hair? <laughs> yeah, that was like a cute moment for him. My mom had a huge thing for Chris Knopf or Note. We'll get in for Christ's sakes. Oh, yeah, Mr. Big. I get it. You've never been in love. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Suddenly, I felt the wind knocked out of me. So I painted a portrait of him <laughs> for my mom's Christmas gift two years ago, but I'm a terrible painter, and oh. she never hung it up. <laughs> I spent, like, a whole day on it. Uh, I even, like, shaded the lips in a light pink. It doesn't really look like him. His eyes are too small. Um, I need to see this painting. <laughs> I think it was more for me than for her at the end of the day, but... <laughs> My mom and I would binge watch Law and Order together, and she would be crushing out. Does your dad, like, have any celebs you had a crush on? Oh, God. Okay, so, um, he loves Law and Order, and... Oh, Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, she's hot. And he yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were watching it, and then out of nowhere, he just goes, I wonder who does her makeup. <laughs> Is that what you're wondering about, Bob? <laughs> the contouring? <laughs> What fucking powder brushes she uses? I, I don't know, it think was so. Strange. Yeah, that's cute. My dad, um, he said, I think I he never he never admits anything. He's so cagey. I'm like, are you in the fucking CIA? <laughs> like, what's happening? Um, but I think he was definitely into Jessica Alba. Like, he was for sure. Like, he watched Honey, and I'm like, there's no need for you to watch this, Dad. You guys should come to my class. Your class? I teach hip-hop at the center. The center? (laughs) Phoebe, I have to tell you something. What? I am having the time of my life right now (laughs) because I have watched all four of the Honey movies. You watched all four? In the last two weeks. Oh, my God. We're doing it in reverse order. Oh, my God. So I started with the fourth (laughs) The worst? The worst one. Okay, so then the second installment of all of the Honey movies takes place in New York City. Mm -hmm. But, like, it was obviously shot on a lot in Hollywood because there's this scene where she's, like, walking down the street and the street is called Stickball Avenue. (laughs) And there's a palm tree in the background. And then she's like, living in New York is tough. But there's, like, palm trees. (laughs) I love Stickball Avenue. It's, like... So lazy. 
It's so ignorant. It's like, what about Italian pizzeria lane? <laughs> Jamaica hairstylist roundabout. Like, what the fuck? No one's played stickball in New York in 85 years. I love that somebody was like, that's fine. <laughs> that's my favorite is watching movies and TV shows where people clearly give up. That's great. Have you been binging on anything terrible? I haven't been binging on anything terrible, but I have been trying to convince um, British Bake Off to watch the Magic Mike series with me. That too, the law says that you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house. And he doesn't want to do it. The dancing is great. Just watch it for the dancing. I know, but I think he's like, I don't want to just see a bunch of like really ripped guys being hot and just like watching you like get a fucking clip boner. <laughs> That's so graphic. <laughs> that was my like, nickname in high school. <laughs> just kidding. So I think he's just like, I don't want to like watch you like lusting after people, which I'm like, yeah, but it's not like I'm like, ooh, Matthew McConaughey, let me like destroy my relationship and break up his family for like one night with his sausage. You should just like leave little hints that you want for this <laughs> to like lean into that aesthetic though. Like you should just have like a like a bow tie, like hide it under his pillow. <laughs> yeah. and be like, I don't know how that got there. Or, like, knee pads. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I want a call to action from everyone on social meds. We got to get British Bake Off to watch Magic Mike with little Phoebes. So let's get on it. I think it's really amazing how you use your platform for such important <laughs> causes. But it's true. You know what? I feel like I'm giving back. <laughs> you are. Every day. All right, it's time for some mid-roll, babies. Welcome back to So Many White Guys. Y'all, today's interview is a real Halloween treat. And we're not even in, you know, October. So, you know, it's like extra delicious. Anyway, I got to sit down with truly one of my favorite comedians of all time. I'm talking about Hannibal Burris. Yes. Ooh, that was a good one, Johnny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like a sensual. Yes. I feel like my uh, voice is a little lower than usual today, so I'm trying to really lean into it. <laughs> um, I loved this conversation. It was cool because I feel like I got to hear, like, a different side from him than I normally do. Yeah, it's like, he and I never really truly ever got the chance to like hang out and just like talk. So it was like really nice that we like got to talk about him touring, like his early days in New York and his sobriety, which is something that's pretty new. And like, I'm very proud and like happy for him. Yeah, it's exciting. And it's cool to hear somebody talk about it mm -hmm. so openly too. Yeah. He's near and dear to my tiny, tiny little heart. I love him to pieces, and I really think everyone's going to enjoy this conversation. So, enjoy. Well, Hannibal, I'm glad to have you on the show. You did Toot Up Queens a year and a half ago, maybe, with yeah. Jessica and I. And now you're doing so many white guys, and we're in Portland. I didn't think it was going to happen because you're in the middle of a, a stand-up tour. Yeah. How long is that going on for? Like five months? Uh, until the all the numbers balance out, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, that's enough. I yeah. can uh, okay. 
I can chill on this for a little bit. But how are you? How are you liking the tour this time around? Because you've been doing stand up for. 12, 13 years? 16 years. 16, is 16 years already? I, I mean, I started... you started in college. I started yeah. in college yeah. in 2002. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. To, uh, one thing that happens is that girls you see in certain cities, they, they move on with their lives. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, like, let's... Let's just dig dig into that a little bit. So you so say you go to like I don't know you go to Boston. Yeah. You hook up with some a woman who attends the show. Yeah. And then do you keep in contact? Like how does a this work? A little bit of contact, but yeah, it'll just be funny with some you know next time I come to town, she's like I'm married now. I'm like oh yeah, well I guess you can't just wait around for me to. <laughs> You can't just wait on my 18-month tour cycle to, to kick things back off. <laughs> yeah, I got a baby now. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> so are you dating anyone right now? I'm dating, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How is it? Because you're on the—I feel like you're on the road, like, all the time. Um, so how do you— All the time. I have some downtime. But, yeah, I am traveling a lot. So how do you maintain— a relationship at all? Uh, it's tough. I mean, yeah. it's just a you know, there's an understanding of what my job is, and you know, um, I, I do my best. I yeah. mean, I, I gotta work. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, I read in an interview you said recently that you're sober now. I haven't drank since what, January second. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Congratulations! Thank you. How is that going so far? And what kind of made you decide to? Because I feel like the last time we hung out was at Bonnaroo. Oh, I was fucked up at Bonnaroo. <laughs> I mean, it's Bonnaroo, but yeah. I was definitely, you know, it's a festival. Yeah. And when it's free, it's, that's that's the, a lot of times where things right. escalate. Because they're, they're just giving it to you. And you're like, okay, and sure. And it's just bottles around. Mm-hmm. You're able to pour your own drink. I was talking about it yesterday where I figured, like, when you pour your own drink, you pour it like you make it up for all the times that bartenders gave you a short pour somewhere. Because <laughs> I've been multiple times where I've been at it, I ordered a drink and they measured it. I'm like, you measuring it? <laughs> if the bar at my local bar, they just free pour it. <laughs> you measuring it? Are you really going to do that one ounce shot shit right now? <laughs> Which is, you shouldn't. You, you, should, you should want less poison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was just where I've been, like I said, I've been doing it, uh, comedy 16 years. Mm-hmm. So that's 16 years being in bars a lot and being around it a lot. And even before you start getting paid in comedy, they, oh, you get drink tickets. Yeah, which is they crazy. Pay you in drinks. So, yeah. It was just where, you know, things have escalated a lot for me in certain situations where, you know, missed flights and, you know, missed appearances. Not not a lot of missed appearances, but yeah. a, a couple and different things that have been affected by where I had to kind of just, you know, look and take account of what I was doing. And also it's just challenging mm-hmm. to try to do it. I've been doing this. It's always around. It's easy for me to drink as a touring comedian. Yeah. So just wanted to challenge myself and just get a, a different perspective too where okay I'm gonna still try to 
have a lot of fun and yeah. go out, but do it without drinking. And it's helped my comedy and just giving me different stuff to talk about because I've had the, you know, years of, yeah, and then we got drunk and then and then I said this and then I got drunk. I got yeah. those stories for days. So what about I was stone cold sober in the strip club? How about that? Like, <laughs> that is actually <laughs> weird to be in a strip club and be fully sober. Yeah. That is bizarre. Yeah. But I... I enjoy it, just, you know, popping up, not hungover. Yeah. Because I'm 35 or so, hangovers. They suck. Yeah, two days and shit. Yeah. And so with the with my workload and the amount of things I have to do and I want to do, just having a hungover brain really yeah. doesn't fit in that. So I want to go back a little bit. You're from Chicago. Yeah. And uh, and all your family's still there, yeah? Uh, My parents are still there. Yeah. My parents and my paternal grandmother nice so i i think i remember you telling me when you moved to new york the first time you were sleeping on the subway yeah for how okay so this so we have backup so tell everyone like what this story is uh my sister was living in new york and so i popped up uh and basically it was super obnoxious i was just basically hey you live in New York. I live in New York. I got three hundred dollars <laughs> in dreams. I was, which is that's that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy people shit right yeah. there. They just just pop up. It's just kind of. So you didn't fun. call her or anything. I mean, that's just you know twenty three year old yeah. hubris. So they accommodated me for two weeks, and it was you know she's married. They had a baby. My mm-hmm. my niece Peyton, and they had an extra room and. And then for two weeks, I stayed there. And then they went on vacation somewhere, and then they didn't let me stay while they were gone, which oh. is a fair play, I think. You know, like, Are we going to let the dude who just showed up in New York out of nowhere? Okay, but it's not the dude. It's your, you're her brother. But yeah, yeah, sure. You know? But I did. I mean, but yeah, I, I, would you let <laughs> that brother <laughs> after they just popped up at your crib? Right, that's Would true. you let him stay at the place? <laughs> While you're not there, what else is he capable of? Yeah, it's this is what they were thinking. <laughs> but I was thinking, I was trying to outsmart them. I was like, okay, that flight's like seven a.m., and so I went out uh, the night before, and I'm like, I got the key. I'm just stay out. <laughs> I got this. Uh, so I I stay out all night. Mm-hmm. Get back and like. Eight in the morning or something, like, about to relax. Yeah. And then I opened the door, and the extra lock was still on it. The little, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, and so, and she was there. She was still there. Oh. She had waited, and I was like, oh, man. And she was like, you got to go, and then I bounced. Um, wow. But, yeah, some nights I would sleep on the train, which is just, you just ride the train, and then when it gets to the end of the line, you get off the train. Yeah. I mean, I was just coasting vagabond style for about, that was mid-January, so I left in May. Wow. So for three months I was kind of, but it was also um, stubborn homelessness. <laughs> I could have easily... Just went back to Chicago, yeah. but my pride, because I made a big deal about oh, going to New York. But so he you was to, told everybody uh, that I'm you were going to New York, about to make it, but I would rather be homeless, do it over mics in New York, than go back to Chicago to be uncomfortable and said, hey, uh, it's crazy out there, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's not. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. 
That was a cra- it was a interesting it was a it was a pretty wild time. I, I kinda think about it a lot. I appreciate it just because um struggling in New York for a little bit, getting a writing job, so kinda, you know, seeing the access to the other side and, and writing at Saturday Night Live was a big thing to that was a big step. And then, you know, doing other shit and, and working for a while. I love how just, you just, like, breeze past writing for SNL. You're like, that was cool. Next. It was, well, you know, because I didn't do much work there. <laughs> I did work, but I didn't get much on. So, yeah. But it was a... Uh, it was awesome. It was a it was a great step. That's when I, that was the last time I worried about money. I, when I started getting that regular paycheck, That's it was so nice. funny because I didn't have a the bank that I was using back then. It was this bank in Chicago. Yeah, it was a Midwest based bank called TCF. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's a reason. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're actually a good bank, but it's Midwest yeah. based. So they, I think, are more lenient with taking new accounts because. Oh, this is one thing that happened while I was in New York. <laughs> when I was, uh, I had a Watch the Mutual account, mm-hmm. and I was out of money. This is during the, the homeless run. Okay. And uh, I don't know what made me think of it, but you could do deposit. You could do deposits at the ATM. Yeah. I did an empty envelope deposit. <laughs> I was just like, let me try this because I ain't got nothing. And I did it for like $1,000. And I deposit no envelope for the thousand dollars, and that shit went. It went through. What? Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> I wish I would have tried that when I was like dirt poor. <laughs> that is like actually kind of genius. Well, it is also fraud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fraud. But you but, didn't get caught or anything, so you, you had. Well, they caught. found out, and then they uh, kind of closed my account uh, and put stuff on there. Okay, never mind. So then I couldn't get one of the the major banks. Uh, I was kind of on that. What do they use? Check systems mm-hmm. or something as their their credit check. But uh, so TCF in <laughs> Chicago was the only bank that would, they didn't care about that, or they had a different verification yeah. system. So I was able to get an account with them. So when I was first working for SNL. And I was getting checks every week. I couldn't deposit them in New York. Oh. So I would have to fly back to Chicago no. to go to the bank sometimes. Sometimes I would make trips into Chicago in the morning, go to the bank, and then fly back to New York. Oh, my like, god! Deposit, like, 14 checks at once. <laughs> that is not economical. Uh Time it's not great for time economical yeah. and the flights a <laughs> couple hundred bucks but as far as the process there's yeah. better things to do with your time <laughs> shit was that. messy for a while my finances and credit shit was messy it's so good that you're now on the other side of that it's nice it's good and I watch documentaries about people going broke so I Me never will <laughs> I do that too and I get stressed out that is the thing where I always wonder are those shows like actually helping the person or is it just content for me to watch and be like oh i'm not going to do that but that's like not benefiting the person who's actually in debt i don't know on those jail shows do they have to just sign off you're doing this show (laughs) we're doing a documentary you're in it tell your story i don't know the rules on that (laughs) i think about those two i even think about the like animal planet animals i'm like animal planet making bank Cause they ain't gotta pay these goddamn animals. <laughs> Just get the camera, pay the camera guy, get you a voiceover person in there, 
Everything else is profit, and you just swim in all that Perina dog child advertising <laughs> money. Um, okay, so when we did shows at Bonnaroo, you you have DJ Tony? Yeah, Tony Trent. Yeah, and so what's great about is that you are mixing comedy and music together. If no one has seen you live yet with DJ Tony, it's, like, so funny. Like, you came out with that song, Gibberish Rap, which mm-hmm. became huge in Norway, if you want to explain <laughs> gibberish rap. I just started saying that. It's just <laughs> Is a, that true? It's just a jo- one of those <laughs> jokes that's it's well, not you, really a joke. It's just a lie, and I just kept saying it. Well, you do realize... You know, people do research, and if you say this enough, it ends up online as credible research. I know. It's, I mean, it's, these days it's easy to kind of. You know what else? I put in my one of my bios oh that my uh, oh, I'm a poker player and a magician, and so sometimes <laughs> I'll go into an interview and they're like, "So you're a magician? Talk about that." And I'm like, "Where'd you get that from?" Oh, I put that up there. Hey. So it didn't it didn't make a splash over in Norway. I don't know. Sometimes you don't know what's going on. Okay, but you came up with gibberish rap, which if you want to explain to everyone listening how you came up with it, it is so funny. Do you splice stuff in on here? Yeah, they, they'll play. They can play underneath. You okay. have the capabilities for that. All right, yeah, it. this is goddamn WNYC. <laughs> Y'all got that shit. Uh, so it was uh, actually it was a few years ago. I think 2012. Tony Tram will put out these mixtapes. Just different tracks he liked, and he wanted me to host it and talk over it and, and stuff. And so I was just, you know, hosting and freestyling and all over it. And then, but it was this one beat that came on. And then I just freestyled the, the shit, rapper, rap, 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 and rap, rap. And then we were listening back to it, and I'm like, I feel kind of catchy. Start doing some ad libs on there where I just go back in on with a song. Yeah, uh huh. And then uh, put it out. Do it. And then I wanted to perform it, but I didn't think the song was good enough to stand alone by yeah. itself. <laughs> so to cover up for that, I started hiring ballerinas. Yes. <laughs> started getting costume characters. I would have SpongeBob. I would have Mario and Luigi. And I think it was pretty unexpected. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a fun, goofy thing, you know. Yeah. I feel like I can tell that you work very hard and you think a lot about what you're doing. But I feel like you're also having so much fun with everything that you're doing, like, every choice that you make is, like, yeah. it's intentional, but it's also, like, I'm loving the fuck out of doing comedy. And one of my favorite things that you've done recently is you had someone go as you at the at the Spider-Man premiere. Right. Okay, so <laughs> what? how did you come up with this idea to be like, okay, I'm just going to have someone impersonate me? Was it just to try and see if anyone would realize that wasn't you? Like, what, what sparked this idea for you? Uh... It was really I was filming at mm-hmm. the time, so I couldn't make it. And I was I was just thinking, man, this is the Spider Man premiere. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to not be a part of this. So yeah. It just came to me while I was like, I just sent somebody there <laughs> for me. And uh, actually, this guy who did a he stood in for me at this MTV Awards uh, thing that I had shot 
I hired him because he knows how to be on set. He's a working actor, so he's not going to do any crazy shit yeah. <laughs> where, you know, some rando from the street. So I knew, because I, I wanted it to be a fun thing. Yeah. And I didn't want somebody to compromise. Every, I said, play it straight. Don't be all goofy. Don't disrespect anybody. This right. is just a, really just a visual bit. Because that's really, that's the only thing you can do with red carpet interviews if to, to try to shift it yeah and so yeah i just wanted to try it and and i told him the name the drop when he got there and he got there and uh kind of just i was watching it on instagram live it was like being an avatar or something it's so crazy that like so he had like all the credentials i said yeah, the credentials Hannibal, the email stuff that i yeah wow it sure looks like your normal interview on the red carpet. Just one problem. That guy is not in the movie. So who is the doppelganger? We tracked him down in Los Angeles. Did that reporter think you were Hannibal Burris? I think she did. They ran up on that dude. Inside Edition ran up on that dude. Right, right, right. The next day. Like, where was Hannibal? Where, where? <laughs> Why was he doing this? Is it, what's his reasons for this? Jesus Christ. It's, it's a goddamn... Red carpet about a dude that's also a spider. <laughs> People are like, oh, he's making a statement on this, and he's trying to say that they don't know that they think we look alike. It's like, no, right. I was just trying to have, doing a bit, having fun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And so you're you're back in Chicago near yeah. your family, yeah? Yeah, New York yeah. was starting to... Uh, Idle time in New York. If you got idle time and access, you get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or night. Yeah, New York nights can take a turn. So, yeah, it was just mm -hmm. more of a, I can do more at home. I'm working on a lot of stuff in Chicago on the, on the real estate side. And I got this uh, other building that I'm working on turning into an art center. Just have different classes. Wait, and seriously? Program. Yeah. Hannibal, that's amazing. Yeah, I bought this spot. Uh, it's two blocks away from where I grew up. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, and it's a big spot. So we got to do a lot of work to it. So I got working with this company to um, just go and do the consulting and get everything going. What are you going to call it? Uh, I'm not sure yet. The The guy that's helping me with it, this guy Raymond, yeah. he's like, you should call it Hannibal's House. And I'm like, I don't know. That's cute. Hannibal's House. Oh. I don't know. But I'll, I'll think of something. That. I'll have a brainstorm session. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, honestly, that's so great that you're, like, at this stage already. You're, what, you're about to be 35? 35 already. Yeah, yeah you're so young, and you're like, well, I'm going to just build an art center and, like, help have this be a place for other kids who want to, like, do yeah. artistic stuff. That's amazing. I'm excited about it because it's not—I just mm -hmm. started realizing now that it's just not about what if— I could. It's like, oh, how do we do it? Because it's, it's nothing like that on the west side, really. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff on the south side. But as far as this arts programming and after-school stuff, I know I didn't have that um, around there mm -hmm. when I was coming up. So um, I'm excited to just uh, get it going and then start asking people for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Hannibal, I'm so proud of you for doing that. Like, of everything, like, that to me is, like, the coolest. Thank you. I just, I love this so much. I love what you're doing with your life. I'm trying it's to, great. you know. Yeah. Sober up, Art Center. I'm trying to 
grow up. Okay, all right, cool. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, baby. This is fun. Oh, good. Bye. Later. You know what was great about that, Joni? Hit me, Phoebe. <laughs> it's that he was like so into it and so funny and honest. It seems to be like doing so well in life. And it was just like very heartwarming. Totally. It's cool to get like the deeper side. And it sounds like he's just like transitioning into a new stage of his career, too. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, guys, you know what? The show ain't over. As you know by now, we don't end it with the interview, we end it being joined by my lovely titty sister, Alana Rose Glazer, for a little segment I like to call Small Acts of Resistance. Resist the system. Resist the man. Resist the dominant discourse imposed upon us by the establishment. Yeah, so um, I started using this Diva Cup. I've been, like, writing material about it. And, you know, for me, that has been progressive as hell, getting into a Diva Cup versus a tampon. But I have one or two friends that are, like, really far left when it comes to periods. And I just learned about free bleeding. And I thought it was kind of something of a joke. But it's actually, like, a movement that is starting where people are like, I don't care. I I'm just going to stain my clothes and I'm going to freely bleed and live my life. That shit is fucking cool. Yeah. Cool as hell. Yeah. I tried it when I went on a writer's retreat and I was like in a hotel. And so I just kind of free bled for a couple of days. And I definitely was like, this is scary. So the first two days I was like, I'm just going to like go to sleep and it's like fine. Um, but then when it like got heavier, I was like, oh, no, 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 I have to like stop. So the first couple of days, even in New York, walking around, are you wearing nothing? Just underwear? I would wear underwear or I would just wear like a really like super thin like panty liner. I'm like, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, it's not going to cover everything. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah I stay in my underwear. Who cares? Yeah. Same or- here where I'm like, I'm just getting a little looser with it. Yeah. And also, like, staining underwear, I'm like, duh, that's what underwear's for. Right. What am I protecting this underwear that's already getting like, shitty after you know whatever underwear you gotta like buy new underwear every six months yeah it's like yeah bleed that up right i just think there's this whole notion that we have to apologize for our bodies being the way that they are where men are just like allowed to like roam free and i just want us to all feel empowered that it's like if you want to wear a tampon cool if you want to free bleed that's also fine that doesn't mean you're like some crazy lady and like society should be scared of you. It's like, no, this is a person being like, I don't want to just shove just fucking shit up my vagina every month. I get that. I encourage our listeners of all all along the gender spectrum. Let us know what your your thoughts on periods are, what you do, what you don't do. Yeah, it's a process for us, too. We're trying to figure it out. And I think that's the important part is like, let's have this be an ongoing dialogue. Let's talk about our periods. Yeah. The So Many White Guys team includes me, Phoebe Robinson, Rachel Neal, Joanna Solitaroff, Megan Conane, Paula Schumann, Jenny Lawton, Jeremy Bloom, Isaac Jones, Matt Boyton, and Joe Ford. Our theme song was written by a white dude and sung by a bunch of other white dudes. Head to the WYC Studios Twitter page to check out sexy-ass behind-the-scene extras from my interview with Hannibal. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dope Queen Phoebs. 
Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It really helps. And as you know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. So do it. Tinky. Bye, Q. Bye. Bye.